everybody's busy. And, uh, you know, I mean, the typical work day has become longer since the computer was invented and put into the workforce. And if you're a stay-at-home mom, I, I can't even imagine uh, what you go through on a, on a daily basis. Uh, it, it's got to be the worst job in the world. Don't quit, but, uh, but it's got to be the worst job in the entire world. And it seems like students that I talk to anyway, they work more and more. Like even when I was in high school, you just kind of went to school and maybe played a sport. And most people didn't have jobs. And now it seems like high school kids, college kids, they always have jobs. It seems like they always uh, need to, uh, the money for whatever reason they need the money for it. It seems like we just live always busy right now. I mean, you can think about your life and, and you probably uh, have a conversation like uh, like one uh, of my friend's blogs. She talked about this. She said, yesterday I shared a picture on Facebook that uh, garnered a number of responses and it got me thinking about our addiction to busy. It works something like this. You run into someone and the conversation goes this way. Hi, I haven't seen you in a long time. How have you been? Oh, so busy. Life is just busy right now. Me as well. I don't know where the time goes. Happy with our self-congratulations, we move on to respect our, to our respective areas of the supermarket. How often has this happened to you in our Western world of quick interactions and fly-by conversation. She goes on to say, imagine for a minute that instead of the socially mandated busy one-upmanship, you responded with say, by saying, we've been great, not too busy, just the right pace so that we are occupied but not overwhelmed. You would have broken a cultural code. For in our society, we have created a busy badge of honor worn with pride. We are proud that we are busy. Busy has become like a security blanket. We wrap it tightly around us so that we can justify our existence. And you know that conversation, right? I mean, every time you run into somebody you haven't seen in a while, uh, you either start talking about the weather or you talk about how busy you are. And it's your reason for not spending time with people. It's your reason for not doing things that, that you wish you, you would do and, and you haven't done and, and things like that. And, uh, and so you know. I mean, you know you're busy. You might even come to church today thinking like, I really have a lot to do, but we should go to church. I mean, I should, we should do that. I mean, whatever reason the should is, you know, I don't know what it is for you, but, but we should go, even though we have so much to do. And don't forget to get the stuff before we walk out of the door because we got to go right from church and we can't stay. And don't talk to anybody. Just don't even look at anybody because at that Creekside Church, everybody talks for too long after church. And we just, we got to get right out of there. We got to get our shopping done. And I got that thing to fix. And we, got to get out of here. And you know this, right? I mean, it seems like no matter what you're doing, you're thinking like, I have something else I have to be doing. I'm just too busy. At the same time, and it's a weird thing, it seems like more and more people have things that they're not getting done, but they want to get done. It seems like our to-do lists are always growing and it seems like it's just as kind of culture becomes faster and our lives become faster it seems like while we're more and more busy at the same time we're getting less and less of what we want to accomplish done i mean think about like this uh i should exercise more right like you said that and you probably did it for the last two weeks good job to you if you're still working on those resolutions but that's like something you you always say right like i should exercise more or i should spend more time with my family or my friends i should spend more time with that person i should have coffee with them 
I should volunteer somewhere. Maybe at the church. Maybe I should do something else. That, that thing really fires me up and gets me excited. And I, I should spend some time helping in that area that I have such a passion for. I should clean my house. Right? I mean, you know, like, I really should clean my house. I should read more. That's something people say. If you're a Christian, you might say that about the Bible. If you're not a Christian, you might just say that in general. Like, I should read a book this year. I should read something. It would be good. I should pray more. Seems like you just, all this stuff, and and it's an interesting kind of dichotomy, right? I mean, the more and more we do, the less and less time we have to get stuff done. And it kind of makes us think why. I mean, why is it that the older I get and the faster our world gets, the more I do, the less I have time to get things done that I want to get done? You're not going to like my answer to this question. I'm, I'm going to say it just really quick, and then I'll try to prove it to you in a little bit. But, but let me just, here's like the preview before we actually like jump into uh, the Word of God, the Bible, and, and take a look at what some really wise people said there in that book. Uh, but before we look at that, let me, just, let me just say this. Let me just put it out there. This is, I guess you can take it as a question, but I already have the answer in my mind. But, but here it is. Maybe our increased busyness and our decreased ability to get things done are symptoms of the same problem. Can I read that to you again? Maybe our increased busyness and our decreased ability to get things done are symptoms of the same problem. Here's what I think the problem is. Ready? You're not going to like me for a minute, but just give me, give me the whole sermon and you're going to be mad at me, but here's, here's what I think the problem is. And, and I'll give you a definition of this in a little bit, but I think the problem is laziness like well i'm busy what are you talking about i'm not just give me just give me a few minutes of your time but i think that the problem is that many of us are just busy sluggards let me define sluggard for you it's not a word we use on on an everyday basis a sluggard simply is a person who is lazy and you kind of have an idea of what laziness is, right? In like the modern kind of typical definition of the word, it's somebody who doesn't like to do stuff. But today, I'll give us like a working definition because over the next three weeks, we're going to do this series called The Busy Sluggard. And we're going to talk about laziness because I think it is the solution to our problem of being too busy and yet not getting anything really done that we want to get done. And so we'll give you that definition in a minute. But before, before I... I jump into that. Before we look at the book of Proverbs and and read some guys who are really wise, some of the wisest men of all times and what they say about this this problem of laziness, I I just want to just try to prove to you that maybe, maybe in our society we have a lazy problem. Uh, So let me just put some pictures up here and and I'll tell you what they are. Uh, The first one, the laziest way to practice your H's. Can you see that? Can somebody... Vic, could you dim the spotlights? There you go. Okay. The laziest way to practice your H's. The laziest way to find out the time a coffee shop closes. Oh, that took you a minute. <laughs> Read it. Yeah, okay. The laziest way to sit on an office chair. One of my favorites. It's in the box still. 
The laziest way to bring the garbage to the curb. All right, they're picking up. They're picking up. Okay. The laziest way to stop a door. The laziest way to turn off your lights. I didn't know if you'd get that one, but apparently you've tried that or something similar. The laziest way to throw away your garbage. Who does that? Right? That one kind of makes you mad, right? Uh, The laziest way to put away a shopping cart. The laziest way to do a report on laziness. There's the laugh, right? Yeah, come on. That's lazy. When you get online and you ask somebody to do a report for you on laziness, that's really bad. And uh, Can you flip the lights back on? And, uh, there's a couple other ways that, that you kind of know that maybe, maybe you have a problem with laziness. And uh, The first one is your dishes. Like, if you've ever had roommates especially, or you've ever had a husband um, also a roommate, then you know, like... Like, people are extremely lazy because you you get the dishes and you put them in the sink and you might even rinse them off. And then somehow, like, the movement, and I'm as guilty of this as anybody, ask Bryn, my wife, uh, to move the dishes from the sink, the two feet to the dishwasher is like the hardest thing in the world, apparently, because they just pile up in the second sink, right? Where, without the garbage disposal. And, and, and when you see that, you know that our world has a laziness problem. I mean, I had roommates. We had five guys living in a two-bedroom, and not one person could do dishes. It's like, are you that tired? Are you that busy? I think that there is a laziness problem. The, the other issue that maybe you have seen, if this makes you laugh, then you've seen it or you've been the culprit, uh, and that is toilet paper, right? Like, you know this scene right here, right? I mean, toilet paper roll with the toilet paper sitting on top of it. It's like, it's not that hard, really, to take off the little paper rolly thingy, whatever that's called, put it in the recycling bin, and put the new roll of toilet paper on but this is just how i found it last night bryn must have done this i'm kidding um we stole it from the internet but you know this right like people do this like uh me it's never been on top but it's like i'll put it on the shelf right here i mean you don't even have to get up from your seat to make it happen most of the time right and so in our world when you look at things like this and you laugh because you've seen it or you've tried it or or you've used a Nerf gun to try to shut the lights off because you don't want to walk across the room or you're just like I'll sit on the box or maybe if I use my car I can get the garbage out there you know that somewhere inside of us even without a working definition of laziness that we have a problem with this thing called lazy sometimes we're just busy sluggards I want to turn your attention to the book of Proverbs because in Proverbs, in the Bible, we're going to find uh, what I think is a definition of laziness. And it won't fit necessarily right into the paradigm that you already have. But, but the book of Proverbs, let me tell you about it. It's a book, uh, a compilation book, really, uh, of a bunch of guys uh, that were super, super smart in the Israelite nation. And they took time to write down these short statements, most of them, in order to to pass their wisdom along 
to the rest of the world. And so they write them like, if you're on Twitter, they're like tweets. They're like 140 characters or less. And, and they make these really little short statements that, that try to help people understand something about life. And, and there's a couple things that you need to know. First of all, they're short. Second of all, they are stated uh, as absolutes, but they're not absolutes. And uh, the book of Proverbs is actually a book that's, that's written like in a poetic kind of way. And so the authors, uh, they make like hyperbolic statements. They, they use hyperbole like always and, and never. And uh, if you, then this will be guaranteed to happen, even though they don't mean it that way because they were too smart to mean it that way. And so really what they're trying to do is they're trying to show you that, that a lot of times, if you follow their advice, then it will turn out, it will work out in, in some way or another. And, and actually, the book of Proverbs, and, and these writers who, who compiled this book, they didn't compile it, but these writers who wrote this book, they got compiled in Proverbs, has a lot to say about the topic of laziness. And uh, if you just turn your attention to Proverbs 24, verses 30 through 34, I'll read that to you. But, but I'll just say this, when we're done here today, if you want to know a little bit more about laziness, about being a busy sluggard, then just go home and read the book of Proverbs, and, and you'll find something about being a sluggard or about being lazy, depending on your translation of the Bible, uh, just about every other uh, chapter, every other uh, part of that book. And so here's Proverbs 24, 30 through 34. I went past the field of a sluggard, past the vineyard of someone who has no sense Thorns had come up everywhere, the ground was covered with weeds, and the stone wall was in ruins. I applied my heart to what I observed, and learned a lesson from what I saw. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief, and scarcity like an armed man. It's interesting because when you look up like the Hebrew and Greek definitions of the words that get used for lazy and slugger they're really they're not that helpful helpful they, they mean like tired most of the time or heavy and and that can't be a good definition of laziness because we're all tired sometimes we're all heavy in a, in a metaphorical sense right i mean it, when you're tired you're not being lazy you're just being tired and uh, if you exaggerate that and you're always tired, then maybe you're lazy. But, but that doesn't really work. And so in this passage, Proverbs 24, 30 through 34, we really see like a, a description of what it means to be a sluggard that, that I think helps us find the true kind of real spiritual definition of what laziness is. And the first thing that this writer says is, is look, this thing called laziness has some pretty severe consequences. He says that the field of, of the sluggard, uh, it, it had thorns and the ground was covered in weeds. And let me just put a little definition to those for you. Uh, you know what thorns are, right? I mean, that's that's pretty pretty easy one for you. Uh, but look at this. Poverty refers to lacking or being in need. Okay, and so he says that as a consequence of this thing called laziness, of being a sluggard, that, that it creates this poverty. There's weeds, there's poverty. It says that, that his, his ground was in ruin, and ruin means to tear down or break down or overthrow or beat down or break through or destroy or pluck down or pull down or throw down or ruined. And so we see kind of these three really kind of key consequences to laziness, and, and that is that weeds will sprout up, that we will experience poverty and things will become ruined. 
Now, just put that in your heads. I'm going to come back to that in just a second. But let's pretend that we're not talking about a field. For a first, uh, not a first century, excuse me, for, for somebody listening to Proverbs when the book of Proverbs was written, their land was like the most important thing in their lives. It would be passed down from generation to generation. It, it would be the thing that they were like, did you see my property? You know, it wouldn't be their car. It wouldn't be their house. It would be like, did you see my property? Did you see what God blessed me with? And so for them, like the land is the most important. But just, just apply just for a second without me like trying to like force it. Just like think about if you had weeds and the most important thing in your life. What would that be, the weeds? Or if you had poverty and like the most important thing in your life, what, what would be lacking? Or, or if the most important thing in your life just was in ruin. Because that's what laziness can do. And so this, this guy that's writing Proverbs then says, Look, a little bit of sleep, a little bit of slumber, and a little bit of folding the hands to rest. This is how he defines the life of a sluggard. And you say, well, we have to sleep. We have to rest. We have to slumber. That cannot be a good definition of laziness because we're all lazy, except for me because I didn't sleep very well last night. You know, I mean, we're all lazy if it's just a little bit of sleep, a little bit of slumber, a little bit of folding of the hands. And, and here's the thing, the, kind of the, the tying theme between those three things. And this is, is really going to help us get to, to the bottom of what laziness is, and it's this. It's inactivity when there should be activity. The guy that wrote this isn't saying like you never need to sleep. If you sleep, you're lazy, you're a sluggard, and you're gonna, your life's going to be ruined, and you're going to be poor, and there's going to be weeds everywhere. He's saying when you're inactive, and you ought to be active, then it's going to be a big problem for you. It's going to have extreme consequences in your life. And so here it is. Ready? With that in mind, let me just, here's a definition of laziness that I think we can work with that will fit all of the scripture that we'll look at in this three-part series called The Busy Sluggard. Here it is. Ready? Laziness is the unwillingness to do the right thing at the right time in the right way. And I'm going to add a because to it. You don't need to remember the because. And But here it is. Ready? Because something else is easier. Let me just read it one more time. I think this is so important. And if you could just filter your life through this, I think it would change your life. Laziness is the unwillingness to do the right thing at the right time in the right way because something else is easier. And this is what he's saying. He's saying if you don't decide to do the right thing at the right time in the right way, then you will experience weeds and you will experience poverty and certain areas of your life will be ruined. It's pretty important. And what he's saying is pretty important. We can't look back. I mean, we're not like farmers, most of us, and we don't have fields, and so that's hard for us to picture. But, but just apply it to, again, I, and we'll talk a little bit more specific. I'll give you a couple examples. But like the most important thing in your life, and if you practice laziness, you don't do the right thing at the right time in the right way because something else is easier, then you will experience poverty and you will experience weeds and you will experience ruin in that area of your life. Proverbs 13.4 kind of helps us get a little bit better of a picture. It says, A sluggard's appetite is never filled, but the, desi- the, the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. Now here's, ready, I said at the beginning, I said, hey, maybe, maybe 
our over-busyness and our inability to get things done are symptoms of the same problem. And then this right here says a sluggard's appetite is never filled. It means they're never satisfied with what they're doing, what they're accomplishing. They never feel good about what's going on. The word appetite, we think like, oh, that's got to be about food. But actually, the, the word appetite there and the word desires are the same word, and both of them mean soul. A sluggard's soul is never filled, but the soul of the diligent are fully satisfied. The souls of the diligent are fully satisfied. Now, when we put these two things together, I mean, it's just pretty clear. I mean, where we're headed here is pretty obvious, right? I mean, if you choose not to do the right thing at the right time in the right way because something else is easier, then, then no matter what you accomplish, what you get done, you are not going to be satisfied. You will always say, well, I should do this more and I should do that more and I should accomplish this and I need to read more and I need to exercise more this year. You'll never be satisfied. But if, on the flip side of that, you're not lazy, you're not just a busy slugger, you choose to do the right thing at the right time in the right way, even when something else is easier, then you will be satisfied. You'll be able to look at your life and say, hey, I'm actually getting the to-do list done and it's the to-do list that I want. It's the to-do list that I ought to have. I'm actually doing the things that I feel good about doing, that I know God wants me to do, that are right. And not just, well, I'm kind of doing stuff. So I can go to the store and I can say, I'm busy, man. I'm so busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. There's one more passage in the book of Proverbs that, that really helps us to kind of see the life of a slugger, the life of somebody who doesn't do the right thing at the right time in the right way. Proverbs twenty six thirteen through 16 says, A sluggard says, there's a lion in the road, a fierce lion roaming the streets. As a door turns on its hinges, so a sluggard turns on his bed. A sluggard buries his hand in the dish. He is too lazy to bring it back to his mouth. A sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven people who answer discreetly. Now you go, what, a lion in the streets? I mean, I don't have a laziness problem because I've never said that before. And, and really what, what the author is trying to get across is that sluggards, people who are lazy, they make excuses. And if you make the excuse there's a lion in the street, then you really have, like, a problem. I mean, like, uh, you need a counselor and not this sermon. You need something else. Like, if that's your thing, if, you're, if your spouse or your, your parents are like, take the garbage out, and you're like... I would, but I heard there's a, a lion out there. It was on the news, and, and I, I, I'm going to stay here in bed right now. Then, then this sermon's not good enough. Go get a counselor. Uh, but maybe, let, there's some other types of excuses. They're not so exaggerated. Like I said, the book of Proverbs exaggerates things for effect. It uses hyperbole. Maybe there's, there's some other types of excuses that you make that might show that sometimes you don't do the right thing at the right time in the right way. How about this one? This is one that I see so commonly in people that I would call lazy on every standard of that word. There's too much to do. I mean, you ever like known people? It's like, well, I got a million things I need to do, so I'm going to sit here and watch TV. Maybe they're stressed out. Maybe it's just overwhelming to them. But, but they sit and they're like, there's just too much to do. And so they don't do anything. I mean, they might not say there's a lion in the street, but they're like, yeah, just 
man, I'm not going to do the right thing at the right time in the right way because I have too much to do and I'll never, I'll never accomplish it. And so let me just, let me just sit here for a little bit longer. Nobody's going to like me after this one. I don't even like me after reading it. I'll do it later. That's ba- procrastination, right? I mean, like, oh, yeah, I got, I got two months to get that done. So I'm going to wait till there's 24 hours left and it will be just fine. I mean, you know that feeling like, oh, just, I, I should do it right now, but I will do it later. That's an excuse. It's like, oh, there's a lion in the street. I'll just do it later. I mean, now's not the time for that. I got plenty of time. I'll do it later. How about this one? Like, I'm too tired. Yeah, I just, I know I should, but, ooh, I'm sleepy. You've probably never been too tired to do anything except for, like, one more rep after you've worked out, right? I mean, like, generally the things we say I'm too tired about, we're not really too tired for. Like, Bryn says to me, hey, you remember to put the garbage out? I'm too tired. I'm not really too tired to walk down the stairs and put the garbage out. Being a sluggard. I'm being lazy. This one's big, too, and we see this one in church. Someone else will do it. I, I, I ought to do that. I should do that, but, phew, I mean, somebody's going to do it, right? I mean, that, they say that's like the number one excuse for not stopping when you see an accident on the side of the road. Uh, you don't stop because you say, oh, somebody else witnessed that. I'm sure of it. I know we're on a dark road in the middle of nowhere but somebody else had to see that somebody else will be by i mean i know that guy's bleeding but i'm not trained and so i mean somebody else will do it it's not as exaggerated as a lion in the street but it's more believable right i mean you can talk yourself into that somebody else will do it it's an excuse that we make or this one i mean this is you're less of a good excuse maker if you use this one but i don't feel like it goes with, I'm too tired a little bit, but I, I don't feel like it. In our, in our world, especially in my generation, that's like, that's an acceptable excuse. It's like, I don't feel like going to work. I'm going to stay home. I don't feel like this job anymore. I'll get a new job. It's like, uh, do the right thing at the right time in the right way. You might have your own excuses. You might have your own things that come to mind. But, but sluggers are never people, lazy people. People who don't do the right thing at the right time in the right way are not people who just sit there and say, I'm not going to do the right thing at the right time in the right way. Generally, like, I'll do it later. Somebody else will do it. It doesn't matter right now. I'm too tired. I don't feel like it. Excuses are, are the way that sluggers continue to live their life. Now, then he kind of repeats. He says, as a door turns on its hinges, so a sluggard turns on his bed. And the ultimate form of inactivity the exaggeration of that is never getting out of bed. But hopefully you're seeing that, that laziness kind of applies to far more than that. But the ultimate exaggeration, the ultimate decision to have inactivity when you should have activity is to say, well, I'll just lay in my bed. But I mean, I, I've actually known people like this. Most people don't take it to this extreme, but it's like, I'm just going to lay here. I'll just be here. I'll just do my thing. And he says, a slugger buries his hand in the dish. He is too lazy to bring it back to his mouth and and so here here is kind of the idea that like he doesn't take things to completion i mean this is another aspect of being a sluggard being somebody doesn't do the right thing at the right time in the right ways like you start something but you don't actually finish something 
good example would be this one, like you pour yourself a bowl of cereal. And you're like, I'm not that lazy. I got up. Look, I'm not like the guy who's laying in bed anymore. I poured the cereal. I even put the milk on it. Now my spoon is in there. But I'm not going to take that final step because that final step, just that's too much work. I'm going to have to chew once the Cocoa Pebbles get to my mouth. And, and we think, well, that's ridiculous. But I know me. And sometimes when I'm hungry, Brink can make it super easy for me. And it's like, oh, man, she put it on the plate. It looks so good if it was warm. We got the microwave. I just don't, that's like three steps, and I got to push the buttons, and I just think I'm going to go to bed. Like I, I, and I've done this literally. I will, God help me. I will be like, I'm just going to go to bed. I'm too tired to warm that up right now. That, that's like laziness. Like I know what I ought to do, but I, and I see, I see some spouses shaking their heads, and they're, they're thinking about the person next to them right now. Like this guy. I'm glad I brought him today. Um, and Bryn's like, yes, maybe he'll learn something. Uh, and, and so like that last step, it, it's, it's why toilet paper sits on top of the toilet paper roller deal. It's why dishes sit in the dish in the sink when they should sit in the dishwasher. It's why you have a million projects in your garage and, and they're not complete because you're like, well, that seemed fun. But as soon as it stops seeming fun, I just quit. I just gave up on it. Because maybe you, you, you have a little bit of problem with laziness. Then just that one last thing. He says, A sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven people who answer discreetly. If you know like an extreme lazy person, then you know how just how strictly that is true. Like, I know what's best for me. It's to play the Xbox. I don't need a job. I don't need you to tell me what to do. I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to do my thing. But at all levels, even if you're not that extreme, don't you think it's a little bit arrogant? Just Nobody likes to be called arrogant, but just a little bit arrogant to, to think, well, I, I can be inactive and still get all the things done that I need to get done while everybody else who's doing it has to do something. I mean, I can just sit here and watch another hour of TV and it will get done. And if you are married, I'm just a little like arrogant in the fact that you're like, my spouse is less important than I am. Like, they'll get it done. If you're like in a church, if you're part of this church and you're like, somebody else will do it, you know, if I don't do it. Isn't that just like a little bit like self-seeking, a little bit prideful that you don't need to play your part. You don't need to do your thing, but yet you can get it done while everybody else has to work at it. So we see this picture. It's a picture of a sluggard. And you might do a million things. And you've come here this morning and you're like so busy. And what I'm asking is not that you add more stuff to your plate necessarily. It's that you say this morning, I'm going to do the right thing at the right time in the right way. Even when something else is easier. I mean, we talk about it and I've used illustrations that are, that are just so simple, right? I mean, they're just, they're just easy. Like, put the dishes away. If you want an application to this sermon right here, let me just start with saying, like, put the dishes in the dishwasher. Very simple. Here's the advice. And this piece of advice is written in, in Proverbs 6, 6 through 8, near the beginning. It's the first thing said about sluggards in the whole book. And it's said by the wisest man, except for Jesus, we believe, to ever live 
on the planet of Earth. A guy named Solomon. You can read about him in the Bible. And if, if you're going to like pick up and you want to read about somebody interesting, just look up Solomon. Google him. Find him in the Bible. And, and just start reading about Solomon and how wise he was and how impressive his intelligence was and his ability to make decisions. It's awesome. And he has some life-changing advice for you if you're like, maybe I'm not doing the right stuff right now. Maybe I'm not doing it at the right time. and Maybe I'm not doing it the right way. And here it is. It's not what you're going to like. You're going to be mad at him this time. He says, go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler. Yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. He says, go look at a bug. Watch how they decide, even when it would be easier to sit around, to do the right thing at the right time. In the right way. And then I would presume he would add, do likewise. You see, what our world has done, like it does with a lot of things, is it's taken laziness. It's tried to make it like some disease that you're fighting to get over. Let me tell you this, and I need to make this very clear. Laziness is a decision. Now, there are people who are depressed, and I do not discredit that, and, and, and it becomes harder to get out of bed every day. Still a decision. Laziness is not something that you like. Somebody passed it to you, caught it. It, it is simply, and I, I hope this is clear by now, a decision not to do the right thing at the right time in the right way because something else is easier. It's not like you're going to wake up and your lazy bug is going to be gone. It's just saying, I'm going to look at an ant. Something that doesn't have a great level of intelligence. Something that you would think would be less of a sluggard than me. But something that every day says I need to get something done so that I have food in the winter, so that we have a place to live, so that things go well when the weather changes. You need to look at an ant and say, I'm just going to make a decision to be more like that. You probably wanted a magic bullet because you're lazy. I mean, right? Like you think... The exercise commercial said that if I bought this thing and I put it on my stomach, then I would have a six-pack. I even saw the guy, right? Like, you know this feeling. And then you, you, like, get it home and you put the thing on, and then it says that you need to, like, do this. And you're like, that looks like a sit-up. I mean, I, no way. Am I, this thing said I could just buy it, and then I get the, I would be healthy. And all of us want, like, some type of quick fix to this thing called laziness. And it's just quite simple. Do the right thing at the right time in the right way, even when something else seems easier. Just say, today, I'm going to put the toilet paper on the toilet paper roll. I'm going to put the dishes in the dishwasher. Now, let me just rewind. It's very important that I rewind because here's the thing. He says that the weeds will come. And you know some of these weeds in your life, things that, that you've made excuses about and you've decided to put off and you said, I'm not going to do the right thing, I'm going to do the easy thing. And, and there's like all these consequences that have popped up and, and you're like, well, I, I don't know that I, I... I mean, it's just, it doesn't look like the way I wanted it to look. might be in a relationship. And for so many years, you've just, you've just put it off and said, well, it's not that easy to deal with that relationship and the weeds have started to grow up. You're like, man, there's so many problems in that relationship now. And probably the problems are because at some point you didn't have a hard conversation because something else seemed easier to you. You just gave in to laziness. 
You can look and you can say, you know, there's things in my life that are just poor. I mean, they're just lacking. There's poverty there. Again, it could be a relationship. You could, you could like look and you could, you could look at somebody in your family, maybe your spouse, maybe a sibling, and you're like, we just don't have much of a relationship anymore. I mean, the relationship is just not there. It's not bad. It's just, it doesn't exist. And, and here's my guess. At some point along the lines, you said, I am going to make an easy decision here, not the right decision. I mean, I could spend some time having coffee with them, but I also could sit here and watch TV. You have not decided to do the right thing at the right time in the right way. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like when you don't decide to do the right thing at the right time in the right way, then then you're going to have bad consequences that come. You will have poverty that comes to that area of your life, no matter what it is. And you will eventually find that those things are ruined. I mean, they're ruined. If you're a parent and, and, and you, you, you're raising a kid or you've raised a kid and, and you've just neglected it and you've decided to do the, the easy thing and you're like, well, it was easier for me to be at work. It was easier for me to be at work than it was to spend time with my kid because my dad didn't spend much time with me and I didn't know how to like have that interaction. And now you're looking back or, or maybe you're making that decision right now and here's, here's what you already know or you will know someday. You're going to find that in that relationship with that kid, you're going to have poverty and weeds and destruction. There will be no more relationship. Or maybe it is in the area of work. Maybe you're like, man, I, I could go get a job or I could get like a different job, but I don't really want to work hard. And, and so this is just simpler and it's easier for me to sit here and kind of go through the motions. And I'm not going to progress my career and even though I should and I know it's the right thing and I'm going to be lazy at work and kind of half-heartedly go about it. Someday you're going to wake up and be like, man, my resume is not that good. It's got lots of weeds on it. And I feel pretty poor right now. I've kind of ruined my career. Maybe it is your health. I mean, maybe it's something as unspiritual as physical exercise. And you're like, yeah, I'll do it later. (laughs) I'm just going to sit here. I'm not going to go exercise. We're going to find that there's some weeds. It's called fat. And you're going to find that eventually your health is more and more destroyed. And there's some poverty because you won't be able to do some of the things that you wish you could do. And spiritually, like, it's the same thing. Like, we talk, so many people just want to read the Bible and pray more. Well, let me tell you this. Do it. Just decide to do it. Don't say, well, it's easier for me right now to sleep five more minutes. Or, it's easier for me to watch this television show. Don't say, it's easier to do something else. Wake up. Get up, stop doing whatever easy, and make a decision to do the right thing in the right time in the right way, even when all else seems easier. I see in our country that spiritually, getting further and further away from God. We can all admit that, right? And at the same time, I make this, this connection. We're becoming more and more lazy. Just choosing to do things later. Choosing to have somebody else do things. Choosing to give in to our feelings of tiredness or whatever else. And I think that it's connected. I think that we're getting more lazy because we're moving away from God. And, and, and so here's the deal. When you read this, you read, oh man, the next two passages I, just says like laziness is so important spiritually. If you'll just make a decision 
to be active when you should be active, to do things right and well, when you ought to do things right and well, then I, you're going to move forward spiritually. I don't have to tell you the specific things. You already know them. You're going to move forward, though. You're going to have better relationships, and you're going to have, uh, you're going to have a better career, and, and you're going to have a better life. If you would just make a decision to do the right thing in the right time in the right way. Here's what I know. And then maybe I'm just going to talk I'm just gonna, for a second. If you're not a Christian, a lot of times you're not a Christian because it's easier not to be. I mean, you're not stupid and, and you can see past like the guys on TV or you don't listen to them where, where they're like, if you become a Christian, everything gets easier. And you're like, that's stupid. That's not true. My friends aren't going to like me as much anymore. And I'm going to have to show up to church instead of watching a football game on Sunday mornings. That's not as easy. And they're going to ask me to serve in that church. That's, if I'm going to do this Christian thing, it's not going to be nearly as easy. What I'm doing right now is easy. That's why I'm doing it. And what I want you to know is that, that someday, someday when you die, and when Jesus comes back, what you're going to find is poverty and weeds and ultimately destruction. And so I just look at you this morning. If you're not a Christian and you're putting it off because you're too lazy, Maybe you never thought of it that way, but you're like, you have all these excuses. You're like, well, there's a lion in the road. I mean, I knew that Christian once who wasn't that nice, and so no Jesus for me. Or I think I heard something about God doesn't really exist. And, you know, they, somebody said something about that, some smart guy. And so you're probably just being lazy. You never thought of it that way, but you're probably just choosing not to do the right thing at the right time because it's easier not to. And so today, just just look at yourself and say, like, maybe... I should give up the laziness and I should become a Christian. I should do the right thing at the right time. And I think today is that right time. And then, and then us, the, we who already are Christians. And even if you're not a Christian, you just think like, I'm busy and I have too much to do. If you want to fix that problem, then here's the question. When are you not doing the right things? The right times? In the right ways. I mean, you might think like, well, I'm doing so much stuff and it seems really good. Well, here's, here's, I give you permission to stop it if it's not the right thing. God is not looking down saying, I want you to do everything. God is not looking down saying, I want you to do more all the time. God is looking down saying, I want you to do the right thing at the right time in the right way. And if you're a Christian, you have this really awesome, this really awesome thing. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. It's what we believe. And he's showing you what the right thing is. Showing you when the right thing should take place. And he's showing you how to do that right thing in the right way. And too often, we're just giving in to laziness. We're just being busy sluggers. We're like, well, I think God wants me to, but whew, i got a lot of stuff going on. We're just a busy sluggard. We're just a busy, lazy person. We're just a lazy person that does a lot. The truth is, we always fill our time. I mean, our time is filled every single day. I mean, if you're watching TV, you can claim you're busy. Some of you have like eight shows you need to keep up on, right? I've told you this before. I'm not a peeping Tom, but I walk through our condos, and I, I see in windows. I do not look. I want to make that clear every time. I see in windows, and everybody's watching TV, and I'm sure that those people are always saying like, I'm so busy every time they see somebody they haven't seen in a while at the market. I'm just busy, man. Like, well, every time chat takes a walk, you're sitting in front of a TV. 
I don't think that's the response generally. But and so here's the deal. If you're if you're a Christian, I just want the best for you. I want you to like excel in life. I want the weeds to be gone. I want the poverty, whatever area of your life you're experiencing poverty to be gone. And, and I don't want you to eventually look back and be like, man, this area of my life is destroyed. I mean, this area of my life is just in shambles. And so today, as unspiritual as it might sound, I want you to know something that is super spiritual. And that is that if you want to follow the heart of God for your life, just ask yourself in every moment of every day, what is the right thing for me to be doing right now? And what is the right way to go about it? No matter what is easier. And if you start to ask yourself that question, and you start to practice doing it, I'm going to spend time with my kid, my friend, whatever it might be. I'm going to go exercise. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray. I'm going to serve the church. I'm going to fix that broken relationship, give that person a call, even though it would be so much easier not to do that. I'm going to go help somebody with whatever they need help, and even though it would be so much easier to watch the show right now. I'm going to use my gifts to help others. If you just if you just ask that what's right right now, I think you're going to look back over time. And you're going to be like, wow, the weeds are gone. I feel rich. Whatever area this life in life it is, I mean, my health feels rich. My relationships feel rich. My work feels rich. My spiritual life hopefully feels rich. You're going to find that things aren't destroyed, but they look really, really good. You all know people like this. You all have people where you're like, man, they got it all together. I mean, they wake up and they pray every day, and then they go for a run, and then they do really well at work, and they remember to call their kids. You know people like that. Let me tell you the difference between them and you. They choose to do the right thing at the right time in the right way, even when it's not that easy. And some of them, the ones I just described, do it because they love God enough to do it. And they look at God and they say, you died for me, gave your life for me, so here's my life. And even in the smallest stuff, I'll just do what you asked me to do. I'm not just going to go through life saying, oh, whatever happens, happens, I'm tired. I'm going to do what God wants me to do because he sacrificed on a cross. He died for my sins, and so he deserves all of me. Will you pray with me? Lord, this is uh, an issue that, that I think all of us deal with, Lord. I mean, those pictures summed it up pretty well. Uh, all of us have to fight this thing called laziness every every day, really, God. I mean, it's so much easier to, to sleep in a little bit longer. It's It's easier to... To watch a movie than it is to fix a broken relationship. It's easier, God, to go to bed a little bit earlier than it is to do some exercising. It's easier not to read the Bible than it is to read the Bible. It's easier not to pray than it is to pray. So I'll pray, God, for for all of us. I mean, all the people in this room. um, Whether they're Christians or not, I mean, just whatever paradigm they came in here with this morning, that they would just leave here today kind of deciding that they're going to do the right thing. And uh, for us that are Christians, that's, that's, that's really a spiritual deal. It's really us just, just trying to seek your heart and do what you want us to do. For others, it might just, maybe they'll walk away going, 
wow, that was a great self-help lesson, and um, I'm going to be more productive now. Um, but for that group of people, I pray that today they would they would drop the all the excuses that they make not to give their lives to you. And if laziness is what is preventing them from giving their lives to you, Jesus, then I, I just pray that, that they would leave that excuse behind and they would decide this morning to give their lives to you. It'll be harder. It's growing ever harder in our country to be a Christian. But, but God, let them do it anyway because they're tough enough. And they're smart enough to look at the ant and and to follow his pattern. Lord, I uh, I thank you that you died on a cross to save us, and so it's just an incredible gift, Lord. That you, I mean, when I think about all my moments of laziness, especially like the really spiritual ones, where I'm just like, yeah, I'm not going to do it because I don't want to. God, sorry. It's incredible that that you would even die for those sins. We love you, Jesus, and we pray these things in your name. Amen.